I do. I get back into it because it's just like I love seeing like things that didn't see like unenveloped. If that's right. a word, like earlier. I don't think so, but I like it. <laughs> you go with me. Yeah, you're my pot partner. We'll I'm 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 un- unenveloping all over this right now. <laughs> And welcome back, everybody, to the most awesome and brand new sports podcast coming at you as we always do. And we have a dynamite episode 143 for your eardrums. Guys, do us a favor. Please subscribe. Leave five stars. Tell a friend. Just an email at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. I am Brandon, and with me, as always, the turkey to my stovetop stuffing. Mm. Most awesome. That's right. I've got that uh, fake celery taste, people. <laughs> this cell this freeze dried celery are you yeah, um yeah. so what's your what's your tradition on this dish like do you like the uh do you like the old school stuffing do you have like a family member in your orbit that has a recipe where you like that's what it's really like or because i'm just i'm classic like give me the stovetop keep yeah, it cheap. Yeah. the same with the green bean casserole i think we talked about this when we were yes. writing dishes but like keep it simple go off the box don't think outside like yeah, let's keep it good. yeah don't get cute don't don't start zhuzhing it up we don't, we don't need, need it, it to so Dr. Mrs. The Commission, her family does like a Spanish, I think it's Spanish style stuffing. It's actually rice-based stuffing. Ooh. They do Italian sausage. They do lots of different meats, stuffing mushrooms, a little bit of celery and things like that. Stuffing the bird. It's very good. It's almost like a little hearty meal on its own. Yeah. Um, I got burned a few times when I was young and wasn't really a stuffing guy. Because I think Mrs. Four Star went off the box a few times and just did, and it was very like got real dry, you know what I mean, real like dense. So it didn't really wasn't vibing it. So we've Doctor Mrs. The Commission does the uh, does the stuffing. It's pretty oh, good. I, I want yeah, I want to taste that rice stuffing for sure. Yeah. You know, I'm a big fan of rice. Top yes. three foods. You know, I'm a rice guy. <laughs> right, right, right. Oh yeah. I'm trying to think what was the purpose of cooking the stuffing inside the bird? Is it convenient? Is it supposed to flavor it? I don't get it. I think it's supposed to flavor it. Although if you don't like, if you're not careful, yeah, you can get shit out, right? you can get some sickness in it, right? Because if it doesn't <laughs> yeah. get, it doesn't get the if it doesn't if the drippings when it's raw get into it oh, and man. it doesn't heat up <laughs> to the right temperature in the middle, then you're you're in trouble. They often say don't put it in the stuffing or the stuffing in the bird that way. You could put like some people will do like onions and like maybe like a little apple and some vegetables that you won't eat later on to like steam and flavor within the bird. Yeah. Um, but no, you don't. I think, I think you, you come to the gate. You were just like, when you said raw drippings, I think everyone was just like, yeah, that's a mess. <laughs> like <laughs> right, right. Up in the little pot, I'm going to put in the butter. I'm going to keep it safe. Right. Everyone, no one wants black Friday to turn into uh, <laughs> a, a, a terrible weekend. Green, green right. Saturday. Green Saturday. Uh, exactly. Uh, Jam packed episode 143 guys. We're doing rip from the headlines. We do the week 11 recap. Going to do a M a uh, M a parenting tip. Going to do a COVID check in during the holidays. Neapolitan showdown. We're talking top three TV moments. It's going to be fun, but the new yeah. Brandon gambling corner. We're going to talk about the NBA championship futures. Just, just got done with the draft. We covered that last time. Mm-hmm. We're going to finish as we always do with the MVP of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, you're our power. It starts now. Extra, extra. Read all about it. I'm talking front page story all over the world. It shook up men, women, boys, and girls. The headlines read 
from the headlines. Week 11 recap. What are we talking about this week, brother? Ooh, because we're back in the NFL swang, baby. Dude, it's happening. It's all it's there. The rate. We're, yeah, week 11, we're really starting to figure some things out. I feel yes. like we always say it, but it's just like, you know, it's a 17-week season. So most of these teams have at least played 10 games, which means they're six out of their full season slate finished. Uh, anything you saw in the macro just coming out? Yeah, I was really impressed with the Titans. And uh, are you going to finally start believing in the Colts a little bit there, Brandana? Oh, man. Oh, we're going to merge a little Brandana <laughs> Warner into this, too, because <laughs> I was believing in the Packers, which, yeah. you know, my thoughts on Aaron Rodgers have been very expressed. Uh, well, let's jump in that um, Titans-Ravens game. So I uh, went to overtime. They yeah. nodded it up at 24. Titans pull away with the victory with the Derrick Henry run. Watch walk away with victory at 24. This is a matchup from the uh, AFC, uh, not championship round, right? Divisional round last year. Where the, yes, because the, they knocked him off, right? Yeah, there was a lot of bad blood, a lot of shit talking going on before that game. Coaches and players getting into it, little, little yapping, and it made for uh, you know good old kind of fashion slobber knocker football game. Just two teams going at it and sl- a little slugfesty. It was also oh, we got the Titans kind of coming off the snide a little bit because they were yeah. going their own kind of three game losing streak. Or it's a three or four. Uh, uh, three. three, yeah. When three uh, got the victory over the Ravens. Uh, the bigger story is like, okay, the Titans hang around. That's obviously a division that can be won. The Ravens are on the outside looking out as far as division wins go with the undefeated, the last undefeated team, which is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, why are the Ravens on the downswing? Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I mean, definitely the offense is very one-dimensional and it was last year but they had a little bit more their their wide receivers are were were playing better last year um and they and they were they were killing them off a play action they don't have it this year uh as reason why i think they even they 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 signed uh des bryan off the street who got his first catch in like two years or something like that (laughs) yeah um they just don't have playmakers on the outside. So it, then it all of a sudden funnels that power run game that they have into just kind of this one dimensional offense. You know, I think it's as simple as that at sometimes and their defense has, has been banged up the last little the couple weeks. Well, are we looking at a super different roster though? I mean, besides the sub outs on defense, like it still seems like the Ravens are running back what they did last year. Like no dramatic yeah. moves like Hollywood Brown been, like super silent this year. So yeah. it's just like, are they taking advantage of it? Like I, I try to get my eye on them just like, what do I see differently? And it's just, I don't know. I wish I could say something better than just a lack of execution, but it's just really weird. Whenever we see this, like a team that was, you know, uh, a top three Super Bowl favorites mm-hmm. to win it last year and coming into this year and just kind of like disappear. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. They're just, yeah, they're just not firing offensively on, on all cylinders and, and, this is the downside of Lamar Jackson and like, he can be a little loose with the football turnovers, you know, INTs. Um, but they're also like their wide receivers are just, are, they, they haven't improved if not, if they've regressed. And I, to me, that's, that's the biggest indicator of where they're at. I mean, Mark Andrews or tight end has been real solid still, but you know, if he's their only option, you don't have anyone that's going to, like you said, that Hollywood Brown, no one's, no one's busting big plays over the top. That's going to keep everybody honest. So they just kind of sink in and settle in. And then, you know, it's tough for them to move the ball. Is this one thing where that we're all kind of getting Lamar Jackson's number now 
and like the defense could a little be. bit more. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Could be. Of, yeah. It's just like because I was talking about it earlier when we watching football. I was watching with uh, a couple of guests that we've had uh, talking to Trent and talking to obviously owner Joe, but it was like, um, is I I think it is a priority for these quarterbacks that are mobile to still try to stay in the pocket and establish themselves. Right. So are we seeing something that Lamar Jackson just doesn't have that accuracy that he needs to stay in the pocket or should he get back to do what he does best? No, I mean, he did. I mean, he was much more accurate last year. That is for sure. Uh, I think maybe, I mean, they did also lose Ronnie Staley, their left tackle. That's going to, you know, and kind of inhibit your ability. Yeah. You're, you're, you're sitting in the pocket for a little extra beat there. Um, but I mean, this is what we saw. I mean, if you, you know, you go back and you watch, you know, his career, uh, Lamar Jackson has been inconsistent throughout his career. Like he'll have Heisman caliber seasons, and then he will have subpar seasons that don't look so great. Um, and we see this this year, it's like year two, fantastic year three, uh, a little mixed, not great. And this is what, that's the same way that he was in college. It was like, he burst on the scene as a freshman, won the Heisman as a sophomore, uh, had a junior year that was mixed and went, you know, at the very back end of the NFL first round. Uh, and then rookie year was okay. Uh, second year MVP and then third year, a little bit mixed. So I think it's just, maybe we're saying that he's just not a, like a consistent lockdown. We know his, his, his peak, but can he, execute that every single week i'm not i'm not 100 sure at that's the, a great, at great point they never seen this floor a little bit so sometimes yeah. like guys can't have like super big swings on ceilings and floors all right uh let's jump over to falcons and saints um i really like the falcons in this spot coming off the bye week Taysom hill yeah uh big question is do you believe in Taysom hill is that the future of the new orleans saints Man, I hope not <laughs> for the Saints fans, right? I mean, he didn't look great at times. He did look in this like a lot of people comparing it to like Cam Newton. Um, yeah, he had yeah, a more zip say, in he, his he, arm he, than like a, a Tebow, you know what I mean? Yeah, so a little bit better than Tebow because that's that was my initial thing. And I know you saw the text threads. I was just like, oh, like for whatever, like Sean Payton's hubris is like trying to shove this Taysom Hill down her throat. We have like right. James on the sidelines that he's going to throw INTs, but we know. Uh, James Winston can move the ball on the field. Uh, really impressed by Hill's arm. And we don't get to see that a lot, especially yeah. for the packages they run with him with Drew Brees. Like the future with Taysom Hill didn't seem insane. Obviously, like the Atlanta Falcons defense is not world beaters. And they're, yeah, that's that. Yeah, no, no, exactly. That That's why I'm like, I hope not. Cause it's like they put up 24 points against like a not very good Falcons team. Yeah. And it was a lot of dink and dunk and control. He didn't turn the ball over, I think 10 carries for 50 yards. You know what I mean? It's just, I don't necessarily know if the offense can totally shift gears like that from a, from a, a sit in the, in the pocket, Drew Brees to then like a Taysom Hill, who's going to have to like run and get out and, and you're going to have to really design stuff for him to make those wide open throws. Do you remember Matt Ryan being better than he is? Because now, like me watching this, because I bet on this game, and um, right. spoiler alert, the wrong side. <laughs> but just <laughs> watching this game and watching the way Matt Ryan worked, like it was super disappointing. Like taking a lot of sacks, and I know yeah. a little bit that's on the line, but just like not many, like getting sacked and putting yourself out of field goal range, like those little mistakes that it seems like this should be like a a second or third year like quarterback trying to learn off. You cannot let this happen. And I, I just don't see the lessons there. It's just like, it's a really weird presence in the pocket. Yeah, it is. It's like he, he's, he makes dumb mistakes for being as like 
cerebral of a guy as we I guess we we think he is. He just makes some really bonehead plays, or he just gets he just play he just feels like he plays very tight at times, and it's just you know I'm I'm he should be with it, the offensive weapons that he has. They should be getting that ball out as fast as could be and getting it to the playmakers. And um, yeah, I, I think we're just I think I think Matt Ryan forever because of his stats and the era that he plays will be supremely overvalued and overrated for the type of quarterback that he is. Let's um, like, like, did we, did he come out of the gates just swinging? And so now we kind of overvalue and we're just like overvalue and misvaluing like what Matt Ryan actually is. Like, is Matt Ryan more what we've seen over the last four years, like post Super Bowl loss, or was he like the guy that we saw before, like the Super Bowl run? I mean, yeah, he definitely wasn't the MVP level because he won. He won that MVP. Uh, I don't know, six years, seven years ago. At this point, he, uh, he, you know, that was lightning in a bottle. That was his apex moment in time, and settled back down to earth. Um, he's always had dominant pass catchers around him. He's always had a, a resilient run game. He's always had support. You know, for as much as the, you know, we make out of like, uh, you know, Josh Allen's right. Like, you know, aside from Stefan Diggs this year, Josh Allen's really hasn't had a, a dominant, you know, yeah. uh, running back or wide receiver to go to. Matt Ryan has always had it. When you get drafted third overall, you typically don't fall to those situations. You know, it, it, and they still have it. Like they have Todd Gurley. They have, I mean, like, are we like, Obviously, we don't have to get too deep into it, but a top three one-two punch and Julio Jones, which yeah, he was he disappeared off the field for a while, and I know he's like kind of he has a nagging like hamstring injury, and then we have Calvin Ridley, like I, that's yeah. pretty close to like one of the best one-two punches in the league. Yeah, and he came and in with Todd, with Todd Gurley. Yeah, and he came into the league and he had Roddy White, who was an All Pro, who played really yep. well right there. He had Tony Gonzalez. He had uh, Devontae Freeman before that, the running back. And then, oh, fuck, what was the running back that he had before that? But he's always had, like, yeah, before Devontae Freeman. Um, shit, I can't remember. Okay. Drink everybody. Yeah, drink everybody. Shut the fuck up. Drink. And, uh, <laughs> oh, I and, love um, and uh, but yeah, he's always just had really good supporting pieces around him. Like fucking you know, Joe Burrow doesn't have that, right? Uh, and not to bring up, but Joe Burrow has like an aging uh AJ Green, a, a an emerging T. Higgins, uh Tyler Boyd, no tight end, Joe Mixon, who's can't stay on the field. You know what I mean? And it's like, uh, you know, Matt Ryan just fell into a very cushy spot. So Matt Ryan's good. So everyone, um, we're going to do a little GoFundMe, and you're going to send me uh, just, you know, $1 per listener would put me where I need to be after all that money I bet on the Falcons. <laughs> fire that up. Uh, all right. You bet a million dollars on the podcast? <laughs> We'll jump over to uh, Bengals and Redskins. So this is kind of uh, this is the sad yeah. sort, right? This is what you fucking hate to see. So Joe yeah. Burrow this season. Yeah, terrible. It's it's you know football's a violent game and it sucks. You know what I mean? It's just a bang bang play and hopefully gets right and uh, comes back. It sounds like it's a knee issue, um, so we'll see how you know detrimental yeah. Yeah, that'll if you be. At the interview, yeah, it's uh, the replay. It's definitely a knee issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> knees yeah. don't bend like that. It's crazy to think too. It's like he wore number nine. Carson Palmer wore number nine. Carson Palmer got his oh, yeah. knee taken out, and you know it's it's just it's it's tough when you know 
it'll be interesting to see how well he can come back. Carson Palmer came back and granted it was in a, he misses a whole rookie year and it was in the playoffs against the Steelers and took it right on there and tore his ACL late in the season. I think it actually might've been the playoffs, but hopefully he can come back, you know, Joe Burrow, you know, rehab. Well, it's a weird season anyway. So yeah, um, he's, it's a weird season. He's a fun guy to watch. Like yeah. we're obviously all rude for him to come back and not out of taste, but if we have to look at this, like obviously Burrow not playing more games, who's your front runner for rookie of the year? Oh, this is very good. Well, Justin Herbert played pretty amazing today. And look I think, look yeah, very for, look very good. And I think for offensive rookies of the years, according to like Vegas, they were, they were neck and neck heading into this week. So I think that that would give yeah. the clear edge to, uh, to Herbert. Yeah. I know it's usually a big quarterback, like CD lamb is insane. And I'm yes. not going to talk about the Vikings game or maybe we'll talk about it real fast. Like I don't <laughs> Vikings playoffs, like run started two weeks ago. They have like one more game they can give up, and right. uh, not not a bad game, but it's just like Andy Dalton look good, but CD Lamb like if if you haven't seen the CD Lamb catch uh, in the corner of the end zone for the touchdown, you should you do that because he he uh, switches positions and then falls backwards, makes the grab, and just also knows to pull the football into his body so it doesn't touch like the end zone. It's yeah, it's yeah, he's he's a hell of a player, CD Lamb. He's yeah, really yeah. good. And that was the thing that was like with that Dallas offense. It's like, all right, this this team is going to be like for Dak Prescott is going to be unstoppable offensively. Yeah. And obviously, Dak got hurt again. You hate to see it, and Dak gets hurt. Uh, their defense was horrific, uh, but man, they have so many good offensive weapons in Dallas. It's insane. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun to watch, and it's just like anybody that gets the keys to that car will be fun. It was like I like I, I thought it was like the Vikings playing at their best and Dallas playing at their best, so it might be like one of my top games of just like if you want to see competent offenses that are, people are kind of overlooking. It's just like oh, it's just like they both showed up to play. It was it was a fun game. Even though it was yeah, a fun game. yeah, yeah. They definitely looked. I saw the highlights of the that game. They definitely looked like. I mean, Cousins was playing like you, you would you would hope for, right? Yeah. Uh, turnover free and Dalvin Cook was playing really well too. So God, it was like, yeah, that yeah, he's got such a pretty ball. He's got such a yeah. pretty ball. Um, all right, Lions Panthers. Why Lions get shut out? This is scary, right? There's <sighs> no way. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Well, I mean, you were missing uh Swift, the rookie running back with a concussion, uh, and Galladay again for another hip injury. So Stafford was banged up, had his thumb kind of you know, bent back the other week. So the offense was just looking like shit. What was it? Was it, was that for missing passes? Was it like strategy? They just didn't have, they don't have playmakers. I mean, are they going to give it to fucking Adrian Peterson? I don't know, but I mean, gain, like you can gain four yards as an NFL team. That is possible. Like, it, yeah. it, it's just so weird to see like this. Cause I always like, you know me and I'm, I'm totally wrong now i'll be corrected but it's like lions was my sleeper team which just like i like their ability to score and if i think it's i think it's because you love me is what it is I'm and then you know. and then you you give you give the lions a bump I'm up it. i'm complaining it. I'm exactly like, yeah what do i love i love i love most awesome so i love the lions <laughs> um all right Steelers at jack Steelers gonna go undefeated Oh, it's like, I mean, they've got a nice little stretch here of, of shitty teams that they're going to play this year. So, I mean, I don't know if they're, I don't know if it's something that they want to go into. I'm trying to pull up their, the rest of their schedule. No, I have it right here. Yeah. Do you? So it, oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Walk it through. Um, yeah. So I prepped it. It's not, so they're going to play Ravens on Thanksgiving 
and then they uh they host the Redskins back in a world where it matter if it's home field or not home field. But right. I'll do this for the sake of argument. They go at Bills. Uh, they go at Bengals. Um, so hosting Washington is not going to be a problem. Ravens sh- seemingly shouldn't be a problem. I mean, I think we're all triggered by that Dallas game that they had that got way right. too close with the third string quarterback. But uh, going at Bills could probably be their last hurdle. Um, well, no, because they, I mean, Bengals hosting them. Colts come to Pittsburgh. Yeah. Which Colts are, you know, after the Green Bay look, Green Bay win, they're looking saucy and they go at Brown. So I don't, 16 and 0 is always a big milestone for someone to come over. But see, I, I mean, I would, I would circle that at Bills game just because. Yeah, 100%. Just because, like, all be of those, what's that? It'll be cold as fuck. Also, it'll be cold yeah, as Matt. fuck, and the Steelers' defense gets after it. I see the Steelers' defense forcing all those teams into a lot of turnovers, and it could be, it could be the Bills. It could be a, a, a shit situation for them if we see the wrong Josh Allen show up. But if he's on his game a little bit, man, he's the only one yeah. that I think can is mobile enough, has big enough arm to beat him over the top. They could make some plays. I don't, you know, Lamar Jackson's the only other quarterback. Like, I mean, do, you get, do you get the same feel? Lamar Jackson, another one, yeah. Do you get the same, But you don't get the same feeling that we had with, um, you know, we've we've watched a lot of great teams make their run. Like, we watched the Minnesota Vikings. I never bring those up. Yeah. But, like, 13 and 0. We, but we watched some, like, dynamite teams, like, specifically, like, the Patriots make their run. Yeah. It doesn't feel like a 16 and 0 team. I'm wrong. It does not. No. It, it, yeah. it kind of feels like, all right, are they? They're just kind of rolling, and and the the breaks yeah, are just catching their way. Yeah, um, so it doesn't it's it's and it doesn't feel like we weren't thinking about the Steelers in our breakdown no. of this of the season. We were talking all Ravens. Yep, we were thinking like, oh, we'll see how Big Ben plays. We're not a hundred percent sure, and and truthfully. It's not like Big Ben is winging it all down the field. He has a, a few times now started to open it up, but early on in the season, it was he was dink and dunk Ben. You know what I mean? It was like just chipping away. I, I was like, I don't know if they can keep doing this on a regular basis. And they've started to open up the offense a little bit with Claypool and uh, Deontay Johnson. If they go sixteen and zero, so they they run the table. Yeah. And they, they have the first round by, so reminding all the listeners out there right now that there are now seven playoff teams, which means that that second division winner does not get there. The second in the rankings do not get the buy anymore. That means yeah. Pittsburgh gets week off and they'll play the weakest team that wins out of the wild card weekend. So who are they looking at? They're looking at a like a Dolphins, a Bills? I mean, they're looking at the Raiders. I mean, they, they might even interdivisionally like the Browns because the Browns are seven and three, which is yeah. weird to think that the Browns are second in that division right now. Um, yeah, I mean, you're looking at somebody in that in that ilk. I'm pulling up the standings right now as we talk. Um, Let's Google and shit. Google, Google. Google. I just want to see it. Miami at six and four for sure if they continue to hold on. Okay, so here's what happened. But maybe like. like but maybe I don't know. Colts. It depends on on how the Raiders do tonight. So, if they, I want to. I want to remind. Yeah, I want to remind the listeners also. Like the, uh, this is not a March Madness bracket. Right. Like you get you get paired up with like whoever the weakest person is to advance. So if there is an upset, like the Steelers would still get that team. So like, if the Dolphins play the Chiefs, uh, well, let's assume the let's assume the Dolphins win the division. If the so if the Bills play the Chiefs. 
then the Steelers would play the Bills hosting them. I don't, it's gonna there's gonna be some some amazing games that aren't as chalk as they would like it because the AFC is a monster. Is it AFC yeah. top heavy? It is very top heavy. Yeah, it's um it's gonna be real interesting. Yeah, it's gonna be real interesting, especially if there is an upset. Like if 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 like a you know if it depends on who it's hard to say like who's the weakest seed in that it's probably miami and like las vegas are on the outside looking in right yeah so it'd be like what if what if um so let's say tennessee's there but like if the colts upset like the bills that are division winners right then like the bills go to play the steelers which would be a rematch of a game we're talking about, but it's just like, that's a tough hang coming out of your first bye week. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, there's no, there's no good easy. They, they, they would be hoping for like the dolphins. If the dolphins sneaked into the playoffs, like rookie quarterback, assuming two is okay today. Um, or even Fitzpatrick, yeah. even Fitzpatrick was like, you know, it really depends on the day, right? He could be scary at times, but you yeah. know, I don't, I don't know if I'm banking on a Super Bowl run with him. Like, that's who I'm looking for. Like, as my as my easy, it's got to be like an uh, like a wild thing for them to prep for, like to plan out for. It's not like the, it's not like a traditional bye week where it's like, all right, I know I'm going to play one of these two teams. It's like I could play any of these. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they're you know, all three. They're teams. all yeah. different teams that have their own thing. Yeah. Oh man, this the playoffs are going to be really fun this year. All right, uh, let's jump into Packers at Colts. Um. So this was, I couldn't get over this. I thought it was absolutely insane. I am proven wrong like I am time and time again. Um, the Colts favoring this game by point and a half. They pull it off and overtime and mm. win by three with a field goal. Aaron Rodgers uh, puts up 21 in the second quarter. He had some, we all know what I feel about Aaron Rodgers. And if you don't, <laughs> back on post-podcast, <laughs> you'll figure it out. But uh, 21 in the second, he has a, is like a 70 yard bomb that gets past interference right before the end of the first half. And he's going oh, to a touchdown. Uh, it, and then uh, they, they try to hold them back. It's we have two minutes left in the fourth quarter. Chargers have the ball. Chargers are leading by three Colts. Colts. Oh, the Colts. Sorry. Yeah. The Colts. Okay. Uh, and it's, it's the most, uh, there were eight flags in a series of 11 plays. And yeah. it was like four holding calls, four holding calls in one drive, which I've never seen before in my life. <laughs> so I don't know if they're taking, trying to take it back. So um, they eventually, the Colts have to punt and the Packers have 124 on the clock and uh, one timeout. And they drive it down and get in field goal range and able to kick the field goal. It's in the overtime. And then they win the coin toss. Uh, fumble happens from a boy. And then the Colts punch it in. Absolutely insanity. Yeah. And Rogers still has it. Like yeah, how yeah. frustrated is Aaron Rodgers right now? Is he going to bail on this team? Is Packers still a team that we have to fear? Oh, because I do want to say is it was four, it was four turnovers, four turnovers versus two. And, um, two of those were a kick return fumbled in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And then a, a caught pass fumbled in overtime. Right. And also let's not forget, and I think they reversed it, but man, they had some bonehead plays too, where the, uh, the kick returner, like let it bounce. Did you see that where he like, Oh yeah. But line. Yeah. I yeah know. That was real close too. That could have yeah, been a fucking crazy. nightmare. Like, yeah. why are you? Yeah. That's not. You, you got to catch that. 
Um, so then, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't know if he can bail on this team, but man, he could be, you know, does he have the juice to go? I mean, he would never go in there and say trade me or anything like this, but man, I'm sure he is seething at this Packers team right now. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure he's pissed that like, we didn't draft the wide receiver. All right. Well, rookie wide receivers don't truthfully make a lot of, uh, you know, Hey, in their first year, but at the trade deadline, like we didn't go after anybody. We didn't make any moves. We didn't try and load up and find somebody even, you know, you know, there's gotta be somebody that we could add. That's a veteran presence. Yeah. Some, some sort of playmaker. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? I mean, like I look at like there were a lot of, it seems like an offensive line problem because there were a lot of holding calls. There were a lot of successful plays because it seemed like, like Green Bay is not going straight Cleveland where we're going to run the ball all, right. all the fucking time. But there, there was a little bit of just like, we want to control this and they lost control because there were a lot of successful plays that got pulled back from holding, which makes it seem like the offensive line isn't taking Aaron Rodgers. He's not doing the mat like Ryan thing where he's getting sacked all the time. Right. He's trying to escape out of the pocket and make it extended. But there was like, there were three of probably the best throws I've seen this season from Aaron Rodgers, And it was like, it was nuts, man. It was nuts. Yeah. yeah. And he's also not doing like the Deshaun Watson thing where he just kind of like hangs out and like trying to keep the play alive. Like, you know, you're, I think you're right. It's like, he's the, he's not putting the, the offensive line in a bad position to like hold either. So it's like, yeah, they're just not doing it. But you know, Bakhtiari, the left tackle might be slipping a little bit, you know, they're, they're, they're definitely not like the Saints offensive line, which is built to like protect, you know, fucking Drew Brees at all costs and not let him get touched. Although he got touched a couple times last week, but you know, 11 broken ribs. That's fucking crazy. That's a lot. I didn't know we had 11 ribs. All right. A little uh, button on this right now. Um, who do you have as your Super Bowl matchup right now? Oh, I still think you're going to go Chiefs Super Bowl champion, right? I mean, I think when. Yeah. How do you how do you bet against fucking Pat Mahomes? Yeah, um, right. And right now, man, the I love putting you on the spot. It's my favorite thing. It's my favorite thing in the world. Let's let's fucking let's get nuts and let's say the Tampa Bay uh, Bradeneers. Fuck that. Why not? <laughs> All right, uh, MMA, MMA parenting tip. Bring us to the jam. Uh, Bro, it's been it's been too long since we've done this. My kids are in college now. <laughs> That's not long we rated. Oh shit. Uh MA MA parenting tip. We're talking a little bit about just a COVID check-in. Yeah. Holidays coming up. Like, how do you rock on the roll with that? Are we seeing family? Are we testing? Like, is it like explaining to the kids just like we're gonna have to just FaceTime with grandma? Like, what what's the score? Yeah, so we a uh, little bit of little bit of all. So like Thanksgiving, we're gonna gonna go. We opted not to go to our traditional Thanksgiving plans. Um, you know, those grandma and grandpas are you know not in the best of health, so it doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, you know, so we're just gonna go with two family households, just uh, the cousins, which is always a safe thing. Um, they're, they're all good health. My, my sister-in-law is a physician. So, you know, she gets regularly checked my, you know, brother-in-law, 
pretty much works from home. So it's, it, it, it works well. Same thing with us. Um, you know, so kids are all healthy. Everyone's monitoring their health and making sure limiting exposure. So we feel, you know, confident that even in these weird times in, in, in coronavirus and COVID, you know, we still want to try and hold on to as much tradition for the kids as possible. Um, you know, we want to be, you know, it's the, with anything, it's the, the balance of, you know, responsibility and safety and like the measurement of risk. Right. I mean, that's yeah. what life is. And, you know, we're, we're, we're definitely going to do that a little bit Christmas where, you know, it's like, it's so hard to, to know like any real plans. Cause even Thanksgiving, you know, my, my son, Kamish Jr. Who's two years old, doesn't go anywhere. Our nanny is, you know, comes and she doesn't do anything either. She's not like out there whooping it up. She's very responsible. So, you know, she comes in and watches Henry. He had a little bit of a, you know, flu or cold or anything that's going out there. I mean, unfortunately there are other diseases out there aside from COVID. And so everything feels like it could be COVID, but uh, he got a COVID test. So we're kind of waiting on those results. He's fine. He broke his fever. rate, no other symptoms other than that. So that kind of always puts our, our plans in, in peril. So we should see it uh, today or tomorrow. Uh, but yeah, it's like one of those things. It's like Christmas, we're going to try and plan and do the same thing uh, with cousins. But, you know, you never know. You know, it's kind of like you take it week by week, almost day by day a little bit. Yeah, what's the sure crazy level? How are we looking? Like at the uh, well, commission at 2.0, they, they okay, they get it. Like also this would be good. Cause I don't think we talk about it in like uh, probably eight or nine weeks, but yeah. I'm sure it's, you know, you don't have to process it, but you don't have to give them all the information for them to like understand what's going on. There's yeah. like, they're kind of getting, it's just like, Oh, this is like, this has an expiration date or like, this is like the rest of our just like social lives. Well, so, so the good thing is, is that they're, they, they are going to school. So they're getting out, they're going to school. They, they measure temperature. The school has only had, two cases within the school in the intense August um, and none of them were kids. They were all either an employee or, you know, one teacher thought they had a symptom or whatever, but it is what it is. So they're out there. They understand it. They're wearing masks every day, hand sanitizing, socially distancing. Um, they're getting it. They understand the score. They don't, you know, they, they, you know, commission understands a little bit more than commission 2.0 but they they get it they understand it. it is part of their life i mean it did disrupt their school at the end of the year and then the summertime was obviously like a much crazier time um so they've had little bits of normalcy kind of rolled back into that and i think it's important especially you know i wasn't so concerned about it in in kindergarten but first grade you know when we start looking at some of like the standardized testing and and commission very smart you know, but you look at like relative to, you know, her progression versus years past and other tests past. It's like, you know, the kids do need to get into school and I don't necessarily know if they get all of it. And I'm not going to get too much into it, but like, you know, sure. they, I think in-person school is important and if it's done right in a safe measure um, and you have parents that are concerned and focused and paying attention because of the ripple effect, like, like I said, like our son had was sick we held our kids back from school until we could get the results of the test. There was an, I'm, you know, I'm very fairly confident that everything will be fine with my son, but 
for the sake of the school and those kids, we didn't want the second we knew we didn't want to put anyone else in jeopardy. And so I think if everyone kind of approached it in that manner, you know, it'd be a lot, uh, a lot safer. So we're, um, you know, I think they're, they're handling it well, as best as they can, they, they, they can. I think we might struggle with it more than they do because, you know, I, we want them to have like just traditional family time and we don't want to have to restrict stuff and we don't have to, you know, temper the expectations of, you know, if, if Kamish Jr.'s test comes back positive that we're all going to have to, you know, basically just do a little in-home uh, Thanksgiving and you're not going to be able to see your cousins. So that's always tough, but you know, they understand this is the cause and effect of this and this is the world we live in. And, and hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully everything's good and we don't have to have those difficult conversations. Yes, that's big. But if you did, like, what's the, you know, like what angle do you take? It's the fact just like, oh, so Thanksgiving, we're going to stay in and we're going to kind of do, because obviously, you know, like, whatever, it's just like, if, if something happens, someone's like, tested positive and she's like oh we're gonna stay in or we're gonna yeah. like keep it in right here like how, what's the conversation look like to you like i do you keep it just like oh this is fun like we're doing here or is like is there a teachable moment based on the age of just like hey this is what's going on that's why we do this yeah i mean it, it, it even started just with like just when we took the test right like the reason why you're staying home is is not because you know you're sick or there's anything wrong with you but because we're not sure if henry's sick and then if you have his germs and pass it along like you could make somebody else sick even though you're not sick too so yeah. we just want to be responsible in this and i think it would go to the same kind of level right it's like you know you know they know what the score is a little bit they know they know all about coronavirus and its dangers and you know they fortunately that we just haven't had anybody that has really been we've come into contact personally that, Oh, I'm sick with COVID or at least that they know. So we haven't had to say like, you know, mommy or daddy has COVID. Cause I think they think it is, you know, or they understand it to be a very scary proposition, right? They're like, Oh, COVID, this is, this is a danger zone. Right. So, yeah. um, so That's funny also, to, like, that, that, that is a good point, right? It's, it's making it, taking it seriously, but also like not uh, having them afraid. Yes. So let them yes. know just like, hey, like if this happens, like we'll have to seclude from each other. I mean, I guess. And it's just like we'll we'll figure it out. But it's not like Yeah, you don't want to you don't want to you don't want to tune them up and just make them fearful of like people and and you know, because they are they kids take things to an extreme level, right? So it's like you just want to practice like safety and responsibility and you know that that making sure that if we don't feel good. You know, I mean, the kids get their temperatures checked every morning. We we check in on them, making sure that they're feeling good, making sure that they get their vitamins, making sure that they get good night's sleep. You know, we trying to be as as vigilant as possible. Getting outside just to get some fresh air and some you know some sun and stuff like that when we can. It's it's all it's all parts of it, right? It's all it's all big piece of it. Um, you know, and you know you do your best, right? And it's like you you said, I think it's. I think you nailed it. It's like, we try not to just drive it on the fear factor. We try and talk to them. Like you said, a coachable moment of uh, being responsible and just understanding like what's going on and the responsibility to the school, your classmates, your friends in the neighborhood, that sort of stuff. Are those Zoom hangs 
working. I know we talked about those like uh, 10, 11 weeks ago, but just like the Zoom hang, like, because I remember you saying like they weren't quite getting it or they're just yeah. like, oh, they're on the screen or is, is that getting like more like just natural for them? Um, well, they haven't had to do any virtual school, so they, they haven't really had to adjust. I mean, they've done it with family, right? Like, so they've seen that they get that yeah. and it's more like akin to like a FaceTime than like all their classmates on zoom, I would say of their class, there is like one or two kids that do virtual, the rest are in person. Um, and it's probably like a class of like 10 or 15 kids or so. Um, and then the, um, commission at i don't think anyone in in her pre-k class is is doing that virtually i'm not sure um so it's i think it's all in person but i think their class is only like six or eight kids so you know they have small small class sizes right are good um obviously like as if things continue to go you know dr mrs the commission i are kind of talking about like well if we do go virtual you know what i mean i'm sure they're the school will be looking at those things but like i said fortunately enough like they've only had two cases and none of them were kids. They've only been adults. Um, one was like in August and one was actually just this past week. Cause we get updates when they do it. And, um, the, the protocol that they have at the school is actually very good because they'll let you know if your kid has come in contact with any of those kids. But, uh, you know, fortunately for us, we're, we're, we're doing pretty good. So pretty button up. Uh, and if guys, if you need to see most awesome and I hanging out together, there's plenty of Instagram videos of us <laughs> at fucking Gillette stadium. That's right. Tom Brady back in the days, Tom Brady, do it all. Um, all right. Neapolitan showdown brings us to jam. So let's leave it alone. Cause we can't see eye to eye. Um, so you brought this up, like you saw a little, um, Neapolitan showdown here from the office that just got your feels working. Oh, I know. That's right. The, the, the gym asking Pam Mm. to go on a date is a fucking moment. It is. I, it's like, he walks in and it's also like, let's remember the office for all intents and purposes for at least like. Uh, America viewing it was the first time that we kind of did the uh, it was the found footage but just kind of the the documentary like in yes. the work which we yes. saw happen with some of the great series like uh they did Parks Rec like works super well and mm-hmm. uh, they kind of shot it off but it, I do remember like that moment it felt like we're really seeing like real people throw down in real life which is yeah and Jenna and Jenna Fisher was like fantastic in that moment oh yeah tearing up a little bit tearing up getting excited getting happy <laughs> yeah yeah dusty for you bro what it gets it gets <laughs> a little dusty yeah it gets a little dusty yeah you know because you want them to get together and it's nice yeah you knew that it's like I, I really think like you know a lot of series like obviously i think it's the um what is it it's the uh sam and diane Yes. from cheers that kind of started this like will they won't they and like friends did it and like the office obviously like helps extend the series and keep you like emotionally invested but right. it was it was a good one yeah absolutely i think can i just can i just throw this out there now i of think course. i think whoever will win this this will be in the in the twos and the threes because oh, i think i because i think our ones i think our ones might be the same oh they, i 
I don't know, man. I, I think, I, I don't know if I prepped you a little bit and if you felt it had to be dusty moments, but I definitely have mine. And also like we want to give, so here's what we're going to do also. I, I yeah. do, I do want to do this. I'm going to do spoiler alerts. So if there yeah. is a series that we mentioned that you haven't finished, you should probably skip ahead in the podcast and avoid yeah. the Nia because I, I have some moments that are just like that, that would be shitty if this is the first place you're hearing about it. <laughs> but right, right. I I'll, I'll, also, all mine are like a decade old, so fucking get it together. <laughs> yeah, mine are also old too. Like, there's, I don't have anything that was just like you haven't seen from four years ago. Um, right. All right. Uh, Kimmy Sawyer's, um, yeah, like I said, there's not going to be who shot JR moments. Like, I just, I like, I left all the things that were just kind of previous my generation. Oh yeah, 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 those are great TV moments in history. Yes, but these are just like moments that. Yes, I, I had the the I love Lucy like the chocolate <laughs> tre- like that one. Yeah. That yeah. one was a great moment. I just yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I I got to take your word for it, old right. generation. <laughs> right. uh, okay, my number three spot. I'm doing Mad Men. I knew I knew you were gonna have Mad Men on there. I, I knew you probably did. Were are we talking the series finale, like the Coke ad I, or? I no, I'm not. Um, do we? It's important. So you've seen Mad Men. Yes. We talked about this. We are yes. Mad Men fans. I watch it once every four years again. I think. I once. love you. I love your discipline to like rehash so shows. Do I get back into it? Because it's just like I love seeing like things that didn't see like unenvelop. If that's right. a word. Like earlier. I don't think so, but I like it. <laughs> you go with me. Yeah. You're my pot partner. We'll I'm 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 un- unenveloping all over this right now. Okay, so it, it it is when um Peggy quits and there's a lot of shit going on in this episode. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they just get the car. So they uh they get the Jaguar account. Right, 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 right. Okay. And we saw like um we saw whatever Joan had to do to get that account. And it's the first time they kind yes! of uh, Yes, yes, I, yes, I, yes. I remember that. Yeah, it's the first time they kind of fuck with like uh timelines. It's just like we say see a timeline and then we realize we're jumping back in a timeline. And right. uh but when she walks in and she was just like, You're my hero, you're my she says you're my champion. I learned so much. And he's sitting down, and he's just like, This is great timing. She's right. like, Yeah, uh, write down a number. And he he still has his ego also. He's just like, if it's not a real number, make it up. Right. So he still has like this little like ego, just like uh uh, with the ego and the just like aggro thing of bullying her into like being like you need to be here and she's just like you do the same thing yeah and like, okay yeah. and he kisses her hand which is if you look in the actual like shit like behind the scenes talking about it, like that was not scripted he just like he instinctually does in the moment like kisses her hand and she's bowling and like he's on the verge of tears and then she walks out with her box it's it's absolutely amazing yeah no, that's great. That's under underappreciated, uh, I think, in that in that because you there's a lot of great moments in that. Yeah, because everybody talks about like the like the Samsonite pitch, which yeah. is great because it's, it's Peggy and Don, and they spend right. a night together. It doesn't get sexual, and this guy's been all about sexual and just like banging whatever he can. But right. like he, he he's not making that move because he actually has a human connection with somebody, and he talks about like his you know the person's identity that he stole. Right. wife that he visits that's dying of cancer and then he gets the phone call and she knows he puts on a fresh fresh shirt and she's like do you want to leave you want me to leave the door uh closed or open and he's just like leave it open 
because he's just ready to like move on and play ball. It's so yeah. like it's I mean it's it is just it's a chorus of just fantastic acting and writing. Yeah, no, you're right. You're 100 percent right. It's a, a very strong out of the gate number three. Um, I don't know it as intimately clearly as you do. Um, but yes, that's a great moment. Obviously, uh, I thought it was going to be the latter end. I'm going to go with my number three, which was a, a lot of mine have like, like for me, a TV moment is like, it, it, it captures a segment of society at the time. Yeah. And were we doing TV shows? I, I went straight, I went straight scripted. Do you have some unscripted shit? Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Straight TV shows, like scripted. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. So, um, no, because I was, I actually was like doing some of these lists too. And I started thinking about it and I was like, we could have done like a whole like news series. Yes. Or, like like yeah. events. Yeah. We were like glued to the TV. Right. Um, but no, I was going to go with the series premiere of Lost, which was oh. a fucking scene, dude. Like that opening, the plane crash on the island, huge, like, You'd never, you'd never seen like a TV show, and they famously talked about it was a million dollar pilot. Like you had never seen, like, a visual like movie style in a TV show to start it, and it had like this just insane premise of like people frantically surviving. You had Jack, you had Kate, you had all these things, and they had a lot of those moments too. Like we got to go home, like the not Penny's boat on you know the hand for. You know, a lot of these. What do you mean? Do I know that? It's just like, yeah. I my production company was named Penelope because of Penny and Lost. Oh yeah, like, that, oh, was yeah, the, yeah. that was the moment. It was just like, oh my god, I like for to love someone like Desmond loved Penny, and yeah, like, not your boat on the. Oh my god, yeah, I got to give you the W on that. Is is that your the not your boat or? Uh, I was actually going with the series premiere. Yeah, I was going to go with the series premiere that okay. first one because that one kicked off the whole thing. Like, I can't, I can't have not your boat, and I can't have a, you know we got to go back, Kate, without the series premiere. And I remember everyone like saw that, and it was like a fucking chatter storm. That's a great point. So next week we're going to do top three moments in Lost, and I'm going to give you the plus one. Ooh, I'll take a, I'll take a zero on that because I I do love. I kind of forget about that series because I petered out. And yes, a little lost next episode, but there is something that happened around like the later seasons where like, and I've tried to watch it three times and I always just lose momentum and I'm just like not interested anymore. But there's oh, been I also know. like some, we're going to do, don't let me forget, we're going to do top three lost moments next week. Let's see where okay. So I got to give you plus one because you inspired me that much. All right. My number two, um, Game of Thrones. If you got to pause the podcast right now and fast forward through. I have Game of Thrones is my number two too. Oh, you do. Yeah. Um, I did. Uh, I did the red wedding. You did, yeah, yeah. Because we lost. I'm in. Also, like, even if you were behind, you saw people texting about it. You saw things about it, and yes. then it was just like it was because we didn't have the thing because it's HBO. Well, HBO was dropping it like each week, mm-hmm. but it was like it was the what the the biggest what the fuck moment of yeah. like 2016 or whenever it happened. Yeah, Red Wedding was the fucking was the shit. Um, it totally like I didn't know the books, I didn't read the books, but it was like, yeah, we're not nerds. Fuck yeah, we're not nerds. <laughs> I had a couple other ones. Like you could have even done like the top three moments of Game of Thrones, um, but you could have gone like for me like the dustiest moment was Hodor. 
like Hodor story and like then oh hold it yeah off. the Hodor door like Hodor Hodor hold the door hold the door oh hold my the door. god dude that's fucking I'm gripping gonna put a, I gotta put a spoiler alert in the uh in just the episode description <laughs> yeah yeah because yeah. <laughs> we're hitting all of it but Joe also brought up it was like was this like one of the first shows that was um killed the main character like by the end of the first season yeah sure. Ned Ned Stark Holy getting his yeah. yeah Ned Stark getting his fucking head lopped off. Yeah, so like, we're like, oh, that's, that's we're not fucking around. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah, this yeah. show is not fucking around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean that—that's the thing. Is it's like right off the bat, you knew everything was up for grabs. Nothing that you loved. I think it was—it was important to, to to realize like everything that you're like, oh yeah, this is my fucking dude. No, 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 no. you cannot yeah. get close to anybody. Yeah, exactly. Like it was, and like the that. red wedding was like a great like piece of that. Yeah, like we always knew, like we. Like we thought, but he was such a strong character. We were just like, oh, there, there's some. He's going to pay some consequence for like fucking this over. Like they got the bridge right, and they were supposed to marry the girl, and he mm-hmm. was like, I'm not going to marry the girl. Like I love this girl. And even his mom was just like, oh, this is ill advised. Like, yeah, yeah. it's so it just made you feel like in the fucking world. And yeah, then yeah. Everyone dies because everyone fucking dies. Dude. <laughs> everyone dies. Um, let's do it real quick. Do you have a con? Do you have any console brackets? Oh yeah, before we get number one. Yeah, before we get number one, because we might go for an hour on number one. Yeah, um, no concert brackets. No, it's just like I, because I'm afraid of spoilers, so I'm not going to do the concert bracket. Oh, I was going to go. Uh, if you get spoiled by these, you're. I have no no words sure. for you. <laughs> uh, Chris Farley, SNL, the fucking Chippendales fucking skit. Was oh a yeah, moment. That's a moment. Oh, that's um, that's good. That's good. Yeah, like you think outside the box a little bit. Yeah, uh, friends. We had a couple friends moments, but the you know the will they won't they you know did you get on the plane? I didn't get on the plane moment. Like at the end, yeah, you know, we were talking about that was a good one, a little dusty. And then um, always for me, uh, family ties. Uh, a uh, the Alex P. Keaton like monologue when his friend dies. It's the first time this young podcaster learned about death and friends and stuff like that. I loved family ties. It's great. So we could talk about, and I think we talk about that for a little while, but just yeah. like the little thing about like when sitcoms get like probably four or five, six years deep in the run. And they're yeah. like, now we're going to just throw some serious moments at you. Like we had full yeah. house, like the grandmother dying. And it's just like, Bob oh, Sack- it was like a uh, fresh Prince and like the white yes. Disney man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's a, that's yeah. a great scene too. Uh, yeah. On my concept bracket also put, I got to say six feet under, like uh, my boy Peter Krause, yeah, doing the um, uh, when he has, he he knows that he has like a, he has propensity to strokes, right. and like his his brain might stop working, and then he they leave the motorcycle from the guy that died. I think it's it's the season finale of season two. If you don't watch Six Feet Under, obviously like there's so much TV on right now, but if you watch the first two seasons, like the season two finale of the Christmas episode. Like there's just a line. It's just like she's like, uh, you gotta leave, live each day. Like there might be a, uh, you gotta live each day. Like there might not be a tomorrow. And then he erupts her because he's just like, because there might not. Right. And then like the guy that died, like, and she left the motorcycle to him, and he drives off to just like, I'm burning, I'm burning, I'm burning for you. And it's, just like, it's so great. Yeah. All right. It's uh, a good moment. Top spot. Let's dig in. Sopranos. Sopranos is mine too. You're yeah. right. You're yeah. 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 I'll, give I'll give you W for just forecasting that we're going to both be there. So people thought their cable cut out. 
Uh, were you watching? I thought the- I remember uh, we were in LA. Your your uh, Joner Joner uh, owner Joe Booth was across the hall with his with his kinfolk. We were watching it and it was like, "What the fuck just happened? What happened?" Yeah, yeah. and then credits come up. And then credits come up. Ten seconds it, of dark. It, yeah, because it looks like cut. So it's been, you know, it's been six and a half, seven episodes, however they want to find it, of just like there's a song always during the credits. They intentionally leave it black for a beat. Yeah. It's been a hint. Like we've been hinted three or four times in this series that like when you die, it's just over. You just see right. black. So they established that. So it's weird that like uh, the show creator does acknowledge it. He, he wants us to take he wants uh david chase wants us to take whatever we take away from it to just be like the facts but it's like when i watched it i was behind also so yeah. i had seen it before i'd watched the like the episodes and then i watch it down like and i've watched the series uh i i think like six times since oh, i watched wow. it like six times there's a book also like i now try to find and Whatever, let's make this really quick. I'm not trying to plug other podcasts, but there's also a podcast that Mike Rampoli and oh, I think I told you about it. And, yeah. Uh, the guy that plays um, whatever the the handler of Junior. Junior? Steven Shrippa? Steven Shrippa? I think is, is that his name? Yeah, it sounds close. But, yeah. they, but they do they do a podcast together they, and they're breaking down every episode, which is fascinating to look at. It's fascinating to read the book with it. But it, it, it is also planned out. And to get to that moment, and I think people were pissed off what did you go through? Were you, were you initially just like, this is a cop out or in the moment where you're just like, this ending's fantastic. I was, no, I was pissed when it, when it went out and it took me a while. I wrote, read like several blog posts and I like read one guy that was like, went on for ages to like analyze, like even how they all eat the onion rings, like all the same way. Like as if it was like a communion way for it. I was like, well, this is fucking too intense for me. <laughs> and I was like, but I, but I, but I, and I even watched some stuff again today just to brush up on it. Cause I was like, I want to watch that scene again. I want to watch the moment. Such and then, it's, it's an amazing scene. It's amazing. It's, it's, it's so well done. And you realize like, you know, now as you, and you probably know better than anyone, like the in, intention behind everything. And even like, I totally forgotten about like Meadow and her trying to park the car oh, and how yeah. awkward that was and like how annoying it was. And I was just like, Oh, it's just like the tension and the mundane stuff that goes around. Like it. Cause, well, the cause, insane thing is like, if, if Meadow gets in there and doesn't park a car like that, like Tony doesn't get shot. Because Tony is sitting on the inside of the booth. Yes. So, 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 so you're coming from the angle. Let's just establish this. You're coming from the angle that that <laughs> he all fucking that that, that, that he that he business. was that he was killed. Yes. That that the fucking the fucking members only jacket. I agree too. I agree too. When you when you line it all up, because even Chase said like in interviews afterwards, like he's like, I'm not going to tell you which one way it is, but like if you watch it and you listen to the song, like it'll tell you what happened. Yeah, he also he also slipped once in re- recent interview, which I want to say that was like two or three months ago. But like he did drop just like yeah, when Tony was killed, and it's the like the most like it is like look it up like he oh he shit slipped, he slips like one time it's just like and they're just like you're saying Tony was killed and he totally tries to backtrack and like runs away right out of it. it's, like, well because even yeah because even they're like the um the guy that plays uh, Stephen Van Zandt's character he was like you know they were like when he when the guys get killed in front of him he's talking and the the audio yeah. pulls yeah, out like the slow like, motion 
yeah, yeah exactly and it's so it's like it's all setting up the fact that's like you know you, you're not going to hear it you're not going to even see what happens and it's just everything just goes black right it's so and weird he, and that's death for them like you you don't hear the bullet yeah you don't you don't like say you're not like oh i'm dying like sorry like uh like you're just like that's it it's Boom. Over. especially yeah. that and then and the members only jacket is like harkens back to the one guy that he ruined the guy that hung himself in the basement that wore Absolutely. members only yeah, jacket. And it's yeah. just like there's there's boy scouts over here because he killed like like uh where that one guy like on the college retreat like there's like yeah. every table of people you see is just like people that tony like owes penance for like yeah is it wrong for us to feel sorry for tony well, this is the thing, right? It's like, you know, I don't think Where Chase. Do? Where did where I, the full Sopranos fucking episode? I think not. I think Chase didn't. I think Chase wanted us to like, like, be punished a little bit for like our our fascination of like wanting to see Tony end up with the demise that we always like assume. You know what I mean? Like, we want to see the demise of these gangsters. And I even think like, I think that there was an article talking about where he's like, I kind of like, I find it like disgusting that like the audience has this, this like morbid curiosity of like, if Tony's going to get shot and killed or whatever. Yeah, it's actually, you're absolutely right. And I think it did like originate the fact of, or just like us wanting to root for the anti-hero. Yeah. This is very, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely the first like stepping stone for anti-hero in television. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't think, I don't think there's another one before that, but now it like challenges us for, oh, yeah, I can't think of any. Yeah. No, yeah. I think it's the one. Yeah. And it's just, it's go ahead. Sorry. No. Yeah. And it's just like, it is TV used to be like root for the good guy, boo for the bad guy. And then it turned into you're rooting for this motherfucker. You know, this guy's a piece of shit. Yeah. Like I remind you, and they remind us every episode, this guy's a piece of shit, but we're still like, we don't want to see him die. Right. And then when he died, we're just like, he did die. And he doesn't give us the satisfaction of seeing his death. Right. He doesn't give us that closure on it because that's not how it works in that fucking field. Right. Exactly. Don't get, yeah. There's not a clean like book and of just like, and then that's how my story ended when I was like the mob boss of New Jersey. <laughs> right. Good, like, good night, everyone. I got shot in front of my daughter, my son, and my wife. Yeah. Like in a booth. Yeah. And and do we even know that he, that, I mean, yeah, the assumptive is, is that Meadow saw it because we hear the bell ring. Yes. Cuts yeah, out. Bell ring is, yeah. Her bell ring is her entry. Yeah. It's her entry. And it's like, yeah. And so interesting. I hadn't and even thought about that. And if she doesn't have to parallel park, she's sitting on the inside. And I still do think those are those rules. Like the guy would not be able to shoot Tony with Meadow sitting there if Tony sits on the inside of the booth, which is where we're sitting. So Meadow bellies up and sits down and Tony's on the inside. So he has to avoid abort the mission. See, I, th- yeah, that's interesting, right? That's, a, that's interesting. Cause it's like, if you're, cause, cause there is the homage to the Godfather with Michael going into the bathroom and the, the members only jacket guy going into the bathroom yeah. and then exiting. And basically, you know, he's like, parallel to that sight line to like just get you know pull the gun out and shoot and yeah that's so interesting because then he would have to like he'd have to go back to basically a seat and then turn to get like a different angle on it to which then he sees it coming most likely you know what i mean 
Yeah, yeah, I, I don't think you're allowed. I think they do have their weird rules, and the weird rules are it's not like if the daughter's present, the wife present. Obviously, they're bailing on that. But right, I think right. it's like if you don't have a clean shot, then he's just like I didn't like his daughter sat down. I have a clean shot. Like I think, and I think that's why Chase is showing us that like that parallel parking thing because yeah. it's just like if she parks her car or if there's none of the car there and she can park it quickly, she sits down. Tony's inside on the booth, and then there's not an angle on it. Right, right. Yeah, no, it's so interesting. And it's it's like you said, it's it it's also intentional. It was such a moment. Everyone was yeah. talking about it. Chase, to his credit, you know, or maybe he's just full of himself or whatever it is, like really sat on that. I mean, that's like what, 2009, 2010? A better think, part no, of it. I think it's earlier than that because I moved to LA in 2008. So I think the wrap up, I think they started the show. And I remember because I'm listening to the podcast that Imperioli's doing. I think it was like 1999 when they fired it off and it was six seasons. So I think it's like 2007. 2007. Yeah. yeah. So it's like he held on to that and played it coy. And then they were rolling out the, you know, the, the, the junior and, and, uh, mm. you know, Tony we're doing, senior we're show. Doing, we're doing top three guys. If you have to catch up, so you can pause the most awesome brain and sports podcast and then just watch all the Sopranos. <laughs> so sit down and get your healthy fucking whatever, like 60 hours worth. But I want to talk top three Sopranos moments. Cause there's just like when he's, when he's in the coma. Yeah. And I feel like people are making this up and he's like, and he's walking to the house and like, like Steve Buscemi is trying to take the bag and he's just like, Oh, your, your future's right there. And it's just like, and he can hear like meadow, like whispering, like in the, in the fucking trees. It's so fantastic. Yeah. 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 It's so insane to me that like someone could be that thoughtful and figure out like such like a clever, like, like layout tracks for something that this is how I want to do this and lay it out and, and fucking slip it past everyone. I don't think I could be that slick. I don't think I could be that like fucking devilish. It's um yeah, it is weird how obviously he, he just had to be geared up for like, this is what I wanted to do. This is the story I want to tell. Cause it's like, we hadn't seen anything like it. Now we see a lot of shit like it. Like right. if I wrote something, you'd be like, yeah, uh, Sopranos inspired but he was like, he was completely coming out of fucking left field and being like, this is how I want to tell the story. And yeah. it's nuts. Um, all right. I'm going to victory victory to me. I love it. Yeah. Works. Yeah. <laughs> I, know. I know this is a little bit. Given. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> I'm going to get a victory. Uh, me. Yes. So we're going to do it. It happens like this sometimes. All right. Bring it in Gamma Corner. Bring us to the jam. We're doing um, Brandana Gambling Corner. We're doing NBA Future. So let me hit all the listeners right now. Have your ears, buds, ready. I didn't do anything beyond the plus 2200. I think you and I always agree when the NBA championship is one of the toughest in the leagues. Like, yeah. the teams are supposed to win usually win. We got Lakers at plus 350. We got Bucks at plus 500. We got Clippers at plus 550. 
We got Nets at plus 600, Celtics at plus 1500, Miami Heat plus 1500, Golden State Warriors plus 2K, Raptors plus 2K, Mavericks plus 2K, Nuggets plus 2K. Uh, I know we, I know each want to do the macro, I think jumping out of you, but um, I got to assume that the Golden Warriors are a little lower because of Clay Thompson's uh, Achilles. Clay Thompson, injury. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Cause it was so funny when you said that I was like, Oh wow, that's really low for the warriors at plus 2000. I was like, Oh, that's right. Cause they just lost one of like top two, all NBA, you know, top four NBA guards in the league. One of the best shooters, best complimentary feature to Steph Curry. Unfortunately with another injury season ending injury, this time on Achilles tear. Um, so now golden state looks like Steph, uh, Kelly Oubre, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, and James Weissman, the rookie out of Memphis. Not as formidable, still a good squad, but that that West, that NBA West Coast Conference, Western Coast Conference is Western Conference is a uh, is a juggernaut, and they're fucking loaded. Okay, so I gave give you the top ten um, with the numbers. Also, is there anything you're excited about that you think is a little outside bet? Or are you thinking this is just like Lakers chalk? Yeah, I mean, Lakers Lakers have been pretty active. They signed Mark Gasol today. That's the thing is, is these numbers. I, I think you got to lock these numbers in now, and you're just going to kind of if you're if you're going to bet on the futures, um, the Lakers obviously have the inside track. But this is such a shortened season, and LeBron James has said like he's going to take it easy this season. He kind of hinted at is it. like if we start quickly i'm gonna take a fucking few games off so it, it you know that could share a little bit of um or, or shine a little bit of light on maybe they might not be like the number one seed or have like the easiest like cakewalk uh you know with a little bit older of a team so that's why i was looking at teams like the clippers they didn't really have a ton of success and you know, they played late into the bubble as well, too. That's why I was looking at teams like, if I'm really going to throw money out there, I got to make it worth my squeeze. Let's look at like a younger team. Um, so I was like Dallas Mavericks at plus 2,200. If I'm going to take yeah. a Hail Mary, like I might as well make it worth my while because that's a younger team. Uh, you got Luka Doncic, Christoph Porzingis. They got three uh, wing players that they brought in Josh Richardson is a good defenser defensive player on the wing uh, Tyrell, the rookie out of uh, Stanford. And then um, oh, uh, uh, Josh green. Did they draft Josh green drink everybody, but they, they loaded up on the wings for defensive purposes. And so I think it'll be interesting to watch a team like them, especially where they got a little, like, you know, they're 20, 22, 23. They got a little gas in the tank. Yeah, a better podcast than myself would be like, all right, I, I want to break down a little bit like the long shot teams that can actually get a championship run done. And it, right. it's hard to get there. Like, I, I do like the Mavericks poll. Like, uh, maybe looking a little bit at the moves, I think the Nets bumped up after the like the rumors of uh, Harden yes. there. And I, and I would say and at plus 600 would even still be worth it for the Harden thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. even with Harden, I don't. I don't love plus six hundred. Um, Nuggets plus plus twenty uh, two hundred is interesting. Yes, Nuggets just signed, or, or excuse me, Nuggets um, 
they re-signed Paul Millsap and they drafted Archie Hampton, a young wing who played uh, out in uh, New Zealand in that same league that LaMelo Ball played in. But they're young. Again, another young team, Jokic, Michael Porter Jr., Gary Harris, Jamal Murray, who kind of played pretty well. Um, that's a young team too, like you said, that I think would be interesting and worth the squeeze. Also too, not to go back to the Harden trade, but if you're looking at potentially throwing some ducats, the other option for Harden, if it's not the Nets, is the Philadelphia 76ers. He's mentioned those mm. two teams on there. So I'm thinking they're, the 76ers are even outside the uh, the top 10. So we're looking at plus 2,200. If they got that trade, assuming they're probably going to have to move either Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid to make that trade work. Um, but it would be interesting to see if uh, that they would maybe, you know, move yeah. up considerably. That's pretty good. Uh, so the 76ers right now, like plus three grand. So that's 30 to one odds. Yeah. In a man, which is weird because they can't compete, but it's just like the NBA always figures itself out because it's right. a bunch of fucking seven game series. Um, uh, I do like, I like your Mavericks pull. Uh, Clippers are running everybody out, everybody back. Boston Celtics, though, they lost Hayward. Is that, is that a problem? Um, yeah, I mean, Gordon Hayward wasn't happy in, in Boston. Um, it was kind of like the odd man, odd man out, especially with some, some injury stuff signed with, uh, the Charlotte Hornets for like, literally like one of the worst deals that there was, uh, them getting Tristan Thompson as a free agent, um, is a pretty, is a pretty, a uh, strong move to shore up their center position uh, and act a body who can still get after offensive rebounds, especially with Daniel Tice. Tice, um, yeah, Boston is is pretty good. It's just they they played late into the season last year. I'm wondering how they'll, they'll kind of rebound quickly, even though they they are a younger team. I said there's a little bit about the effect of how, and I know like the veterans, especially the veterans that went deep in the playoffs, and LeBron James talked about it about uh, starting the season up so early, like going back to back, and and uh, like maybe it doesn't matter because we've watched some of these like veterans just kind of coast until they right. get in there, and now we're going to really get into quote unquote load management. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, so early basketball might be unwatchable, but it still feels like we have a shortened season, which kind of heightens the uh, the game value for each game. Yes. Uh, who do you want that's outside of the top five? I'm going to take uh, – I'll take Golden State at 21. Yeah. I, mean, I, I love Golden State. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to bet against Steph Curry. It'll be interesting. Draymond Green, if he comes back – he may have just slipped and is not the Draymond Green of past, but at plus two thousand, it's like I'll take fucking Steph Curry and plus two K. You know what I mean? Like that's yes. a very that's a very yeah, yeah that's so the, that's so a that's a best bet. That's my it's my same my same reason for uh, the Mavs bet. I'm seeing so plus twenty plus twenty two hundred. Who how am I going to bet it against Luka Doncic who's who's coming up? Christoph Porzingis. They got. Uh, some if they can just get some defense on the wings and take some pressure off of fucking Doncic to have to play up and down the court and play like defense, uh, you know, at all really, and uh, little little bit sure of that power forward spot. Hopefully, Finney Smith can play a little bit better. Maybe Max Keebler can play well. Um, 
I like them. I like them. I like them making a nice little bit of run here and maybe kind of catching the Lakers and Clippers off guard a little bit. All right. MAB sports podcast long shot is we're going to do the Phoenix Suns. But again, we do not advise you to take long shots in NBA basketball because that's not <laughs> how it works. Too many seven game series, but we'll take them at 40 to one. But I think our lock in, if you want to make a little coin and not just keep it chalk, Lakers not a bad bet, but we will do the Golden State Warriors at 22. One. I guess um we got an MAB league announcement. Woo! Bad league coming back. Are you excited, brother? Oh, Season so one. Excited. How much fun was it? It was a ton of fun. My Detroit Pistons made the finals and then shit the bed. Yeah, who's who who are the two star players on the Pistons? Who'd you have? I had Magic Johnson, I had James Harden, I had Scotty Pippen, I had Allen Iverson, <laughs> I had Tim Duncan, I had David Robinson. Yeah, to guys remind you how this works, we do draft from the top players of all time, and there's eight of us, and we put together a squad, and we verse them against each other in playoff series. I think we're going to adjust a little bit. If it's a if it's a three series, a five series, we'll figure it out. Yeah. But this is the opportunity right now. If you want a spot, it is a eight-team league. If you want a spot, shoot us an email. If you remember Mabby Hour, if you're like a fan from the beginning, you'll remember how it was done. You would get a free drink. If you shot us a receipt of someone that you had bought a drink for and that you actually had signed up for the podcast, we would cover the receipt and then it'd be all good. The same thing happens here. If you want a spot, a coveted spot, six slots available. Most awesome is going to take one. Obviously, Brandana will take one. Yes, sir. Six spots not guaranteed to anyone. So the first email or text, you do, if you don't know us, I get it. You're listening. So send an email and <laughs> I swear to God, we'll listen to this. Send us a email of you getting someone to subscribe to the most awesome Brandon Sports Podcast, and you will get in the and ask the people that are in the league. It was such a blast. You will yeah. have a team and a spot in the draft, and we will draft from a pool of the top 100 players of all time, and we'll put together our team, and it will be blessed. And we're going to draft on um, on New Year's Day. So I love it. Get- you celebrate 2021 ringing in, a good time to turn the corner. 2021 is going to be a dynamite year. Put together your MAB team for the MAB League. MAB League. Um, all right, buddy. MVP of the week, who you got? Oh, I'm going to go with uh, Gary Sinise. Him and a group got together, and Gary Sinise is very committed to veterans that have served our country, Put it has an organization, and they're help, uh, I think they're paying off 11 mortgages of us veterans here in this, uh, in this country. So good, good job, Gary Sinise. Nicely done, sir. No, damn it. Uh, I'm going to give it to, um, you know, it's going to be, we always should do the more serious. That'd be usually pretty serious. Also, yeah. um, guess we know like holidays are coming up, but everybody playing it safe and, um, FaceTime works. Zoom calls work. So if you got to hang out and you can't get to people that you want to be around, like make the safe call, it'll be okay. So just like, do that and everybody's just kind of staying back and hitting up the people that are important in your life and just like zooming them in as opposed to doing a little bit of traveling not a bad call so hats yeah. off to you yeah yeah it. absolutely guys have been mab sports podcast episode 143 i'm brandana want to sign yourself off most awesome Hey, folks, again, email us at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com for your spot in the Mab League. And don't stop.
Style, fame, she likes fashion. Oh. 